Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. That's right, James, and I'm going to take just a quick little swig of water, because let me tell you, we're back into a section of the timeline where I've got a little bit of monologuing to do, so here we go. Absolutely. I'm, I am going to mute. Because I do not right. want you to all hear I'll, how I am the world's loudest gulper. Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll vamp while you while you do. Thanks. And the long, the, as long the, as James the, talks, is how long I will be drinking. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. So this is a, a thank you out to Colin. Uh, also, and I'm sorry out to Colin because I did, as I mentioned in the episode with Ty that we aired last time, uh, I did cut a little bit of the of mine and put it onto Colin's plate, sort of like I. Oh, he, what a liar. Um, sort of like. <laughs> so what do you mean, sort of what a liar? Because I was still talking and you no, weren't no, no. still drinking. I meant that you had until I was done drinking to talk. Oh, you said I'm going to drink as long as James is talking. I'm going to be drinking. Right. That, I meant so that like the listener knows that like I didn't just stop drinking halfway through. It's you know the idea of yeah. Do you, well, you, listener, you know what I'm saying? I guess I just feel like you broke you um you broke the rule that you set for yourself and uh but it does mean I won the game. Anyways, Colin does have a lot to say because I did give him some more of what I didn't say uh, on that last episode. So Colin take her away. Cuz what I didn't say was I was killing you. It takes yep. a lot of things that I or so I said a lot of things that I didn't mean to. Um <clears throat> here it is. Agents of Shield, season 7, episode 7, 25 minutes and 7 seconds until 38 minutes 51 seconds. Are you going to skip ahead a little bit? And then you're going to go from 41.11 until the end of the episode. Yes. Uh, and here is what happens. <clears throat> the robots open a manhole and begin using their still semi-freshly bloodied drill to start breaking into the shield base. Cricket and his girl are enjoying a little post-gig fun together when they hear a sound. Cricket states that it better not be the Chang gang spying on them again, but Tawny says she doesn't mind. Before we can unpack that, they make their way into the hallway to investigate the weird sounds, because they're white and they're alone. Uh -huh. They finally get the courage to go after a shadow to find a robot who claims that he's lost. Cricket is mean to it, so it responds to him by putting a buzzsaw through his chest, splattering blood all over Tawny and his freshly dropped drumsticks, because how else can we remember that he, his only reason for being there was to be the drummer? <laughs> Elsewhere, Roxy Glass and Mac argue about the team and how Mac treated them, and more specifically how he treated Deke. She mentions that Deke still takes care of the kid that he abandoned, thinking that it's his son, which is... Right. Okay. Uh, Mac realizes that he may have been harder on Deke than he should have, but it's too late to talk about that as Sybil shows up with a gun and they're on the move. In the main area of the HQ, Ronnie Chang mentions that maybe they can stop worrying about Mac and the mission and instead focus on the music. Deke fesses up to having not written any of the songs and that he's a fraud vindication. Not even walk like an Egyptian, Tommy pleads. As Deke begins to hit rock bottom, Tawny comes around the corner covered in blood and yelling about how it murdered Cricket. Deke innocently asks how <laughs> anyone could want to kill him. He was a saint. Cricket was a saint. <laughs> yeah. A mechanical arm yanks her off screen like a comical cane pulling an Oscar winner off stage when they've overstayed their thank you speech welcome. And there's a loud buzzing sound, a scream, and a large splash of blood comes from off screen as Tawny is struck down. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
The robot says again, I'm lost. Can you help me? But Tommy Chang sees through that one real quick. Olga pulls her knife and gets ready to tangle with the metallic wizard. Deke and Roxy meet back up with the rest of the crew and take out that first robot, with a little bit of an homage to the Ghost Rider. There's a very 80s, brotastic, buddy cop movie hand grasp moment, and they all team up. But first, Mac gets changed and grabs the shotgun axe. They bring Coulson into their planning circle because he was feeling a little left out, and they figure out their course of action. They decide to do a variation of the gauntlet on the next robot, and here is a live edit that I remembered only in this moment that that was the other robot and not Sybil. Yes. They all agree that it was badass and begin to celebrate when actual Sybil comes around the corner. She mentions that the last time she tangled with S.H.I.E.L.D., they caught her by surprise, but not anymore, because she takes all of us by surprise when she starts firing lasers. Olga is hit, and they regroup. Deke runs distraction, Roxy tosses an explosive, and Mac shoots it as it gets close to Sybil. Deke takes a little hit, but because he's a main character, of course, there's no permanent damage. We see a little robot arm on wheels carrying the time stream out as Roxy and Olga bond. The Changs are reaffirmed by Deke, and Coulson and Mac mention that Sybil is nowhere to be seen. Finally, the two friends go to visit Little Mac. They bond over facts that Deke has learned, and they talk about the path of healing for little Alfonso. Uh, Mac finally takes the model set that he got for his younger variant and drops it off for him. As they approach, Deke reminds him he's just a friend from the band. That's it. You know, he can't be him because, boy, that wouldn't that break everything. Uh, they talk about instruments that he plays, uh, that he could play, rather. And Mac tells us he's a sax man all the way. And that's the end. Uh-huh. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Somewhere further away, that little robot arm goes on a little journey. It doesn't stop until it runs into the leg of Nathaniel Malik. He picks up the time stream and addresses Sybil on a little computer screen. He says it's smaller than he imagined. She says he now has the one tool needed to control his world's future. He gives a very dry, lucky me, and ugh, I just hate him. He says she's full of tricks for a digital lady, and she responds that she's confident that they'll make a perfect pair. And that's the real end. So James, what are your thoughts on all of this? Um, all right, we got Cricket was a saint who would want to murder him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coulson wants to be in the planning circle. Uh, Saxman on the way. So the things that I took notes on uh, that I didn't, uh, that you didn't mention in your synopsis. Um, at one point, uh, uh, Mac is talking with Ronnie and he says, you know, we're going to have to, uh, you know, hit him where it hurts or something. And she's like, you mean the robots? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Robots it. You know, part of it is because it is such a good uh, cutaway, basically cutaway moment, right? Because he yeah. says it, and they do like a dramatic zoom in on him, and yeah. they pull back out for her to go. You mean the robots? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a very, it's a very good like not what you're expecting kind of yeah. moment. Yeah, I feel sometimes I call out things that that are how I would have written uh, lines and executions and scenes and whatever. That's a James. That's a that's a James move right there, and I just want to I just want to point that out. Uh, when they uh, do the handshake that you that you talked about, uh, it's that Mimi handshake, the black fit, the black hand and the white hand uh, that I think is from uh, Predator. I think maybe. Um, but they when they do it, they do like six camera angles, six different camera angles of the same shot, 
and I found that very, very funny. Uh, yeah. When uh, Deke does something impressive, um, Ronnie Chang says, that was so badass. And Deke says, I know, Ronnie. I know. <laughs> it's very uh, good. I mean, and, and uh, you know what I think that is, actually? And I, I think it's the same thing with Roxy talking to, to Mac. I yeah. think what it is is, is like, in a way, it's almost like they're aware that they're in the movie, but the yeah. others aren't. Right. And so that's what it's so like. They're talking like they know this is my movie moment, right? Yeah. So let's team up. Yeah. Right. Also, yeah. the thing of like, we're going to hit them where it hurts. Zoom in. You mean the robots? Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. I mean, that. right. And yeah. they're also like, yeah. that was badass. I know, Ronnie. I know. You know, like that, yeah. all of that is like they are fully aware that they are main characters and the others are just like, wow, what a cool guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another cool line. Uh, Deke um, is instructed by Mac that he needs to. Uh, can he do a distract? Can he do a distraction? Can he distract the robots? And uh, Deke calling back to an earlier angry thing that Mac said at him. He says, oh, this Peter Pan's an attention grabbing son of a bitch. And Mac's like, OK. Good, go go then. And then uh, two two more things, one more line, and then one more thought. Um, <laughs> uh, Max says, "Nice work, D." And Deke says, "Thanks, Mac Daddy." Nope, <laughs> Roger that. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good one. And listen, it was part of my um, name for Zoom here, but like I will say, when they are in their like last little huddle, and they're like, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to go fight them, right? Um, yeah. Olga has this great little moment where she was like, where she's trying to say that like crushing these machines like is impossible. Like, you know, they, they will not lick defeat until we defeat the, or until we beat the, the main robot. Yeah. And they're all like, what? And he goes, I think you mean taste defeat, but honestly, I'm so proud of you. Like your English is really improving. Like, yeah. It's very wholesome and yeah. a very kind of like funny moment, but it's also good because like, I feel like a lot of the times when you get a moment that's like a bad English translation thing, yeah. it is usually for someone of Asian descent. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciated that we were going with like that same kind of joke, but like not having it be a like super racial based right. thing, rather like just a literal region thing. In Can't Hardly Wait, they have the Swedish exchange student. They're like, would you like to touch my penis guy mm -hmm. that is just there because teenagers are idiots when it comes to people <laughs> not speaking English? Yeah. And that's his whole role. Yeah. Um, that guy was someone's like, so, like someone famous's son. He was a Nepo baby. He was a Nepo baby. I, I seem to recall. Go listen to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. Probably about halfway through to see what the answer wow. was. Wow. Uh, second and finally. Uh, so picture this. Your uncle... Uh, Marcus, Uncle Marcus. Uh, Deke, who you know, comes up to you and says, "Hi, I wanted to introduce you to this this guy in my band." Wouldn't it look like Deke thought, "Hey, there's this black guy in my band. Let me go introduce him to the other black people I know. <laughs> They'll probably get along." That it. Mm, see, that's tough. But I mean, also. <laughs> You don't know like what how they're going to present it because it could be for like, sure. a, hey, I've also lost my parents, and right. I, you know, no, for we sure, we were talking about that, and I thought that maybe you might relate to that, and also yeah. I like cars and you like cars, so I feel like you yeah, because yeah. like, I also think you know what it could be. I think for a brief moment it would come off that way, yeah. but then they would remember that like Deke is like never thinking about things racially, right? Because right. he like 
for whatever reason, like it's it's so funny. Like he, I mean, obviously he has had the line about white privilege, right? Like in right. something else, but like or in a, in a previous episode. But I feel like everyone that does meet Deke learns this idea of like it's not that Deke like refuses to like note that he has white privilege. It's just that he yeah. kind of fully ignores it because like he doesn't think in that way at all. Right. You know, he, he lived. Yeah, exactly. He lives, he lives a just much more pure, innocent life. Right. And so he's like, OK, yeah, they're, they're like, hey, that's oh, no, actually, no, you're fine. You're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I'd never thought that before. But when you were narrating what was happening, I was like, you're going to bring this stranger up who looks just like them, like because he is literally. Right. Oh, because he's one literally of them. your flesh and blood. And like <laughs> one of them is him. Yeah. They're like, wow, mister, you look just like me if I got to grow to be as tall as a tree. And he's like, do you oh. rhyme all the time? Yeah, I'm a sax man. Anyway, um, skip it up and do about Bob. Just kidding, that's a scat man. But anyway, but um, on but played on the sax, correct? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yeah. I think that's. I mean, once again, we talked about this a little bit when when Ty was on, but this the killer robots thing is very um, '80s horror, like cheap horror sort of uh, mm-hmm. movie, uh, chopping mall again sort of deal. Post-coital murder, sort of, of that 80s horror variety. Also, I like that you called it post, post-gig post relaxation, and I like thinking that Cricket thinks of sex as a gig. That's funny. Yeah. No, I meant, like, <laughs> I they know. were going to get freaky as a post-gig celebration. Yeah. But really, if horror movies have taught me anything, it should be post-gig celebration. Ce- celeb- celebization. Fuck. I couldn't get there. Celebacy? Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, you know, but I it's hard to make that a Asian celebration. Celebrate good good times. Come on, no, you're not supposed to. Yeah, (laughs) that defeats the purpose. Cool. Uh, Well, I have one final thing before we leave, James. Yo, I'd like to introduce you to a new special segment Uh... called. tell you which Nate I'd rather deal with than Nathan Malik. Okay. Since this episode is in 1983, I'm going to go with Nathan Felder, who was born in the same year. He's very funny and definitely a greater Nate than Malik is. He's my my, my age. Uh, Nathan, for you, was a delight on Comedy Central, and I hear oh. very good things about his new show, The Rehearsal. I've heard good things about too. This has been Nate Men in History. Thank you. Very good. I like it. Like Especially great because, history, you know. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, it was a good... Uh, hey, Colin, shall I uh, uh, throw an explosive and then shoot it with my shotgun axe to get us out of here? Yeah, sure. All right. Aw, oh, dang, I missed. Oh, well, I guess we're dead. Anyways, here's the credits. So, shall we put uh, Colson back in the circle? Uh, yeah, exactly. Colson. Nope. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thailand Scavengers. Uh, as always, I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. Excuse me, can you help me? I'm lost, Excelsior. 
I have lost <laughs> my Excelsior. Next time, I... don't patronize me. This world is a peaceful one. Plains, mountains, swamps, pines, cicadas sing, rivers flow, magic thrums through the air, and all of it's surrounded by a single massive wall, as ancient as history itself. So, you know, not that ancient. Thanks to the loss, prehistoric ain't all that long ago. Oh well, life is good, and assuming you don't mind the looming threat of a mysterious skeletal society. Side character quest. A D&D adventure, one player at a time. Some worlds need a hero. This one? Eh, might need a bit more than that. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.